Welcome, everyone, to the Aftershock post-game show after San Jose's one-to-one draw with Minnesota United. Their winless streak, or sorry, undefeated streak, is now at eight games, I believe, or, or maybe it's nine games now. It's been a long time, and I think the main reason for that, Jamin, is because this team has been pretty rock-solid at defense. Uh, I mean, they go up a goal. And then Nathan gets sent off with that red card. Uh, they concede a goal immediately and then hold on uh, for that result. So thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, Jamin, what was your take on this performance from the Quakes? Thanks for kicking that off, Alex. Sorry, I was getting some some feedback in the mic, but we're ready to go now. Uh, yeah, I, you know, some people were saying it, it's a draw that feels like a win. I, I can't, for me, like any game that you get the first goal in, can't be a, a draw that feels like a win. Like you had a win. You had three points in the standings. If the game ends at that moment, you you have to find a way to come away with three points. And I mean, give Matias Almeida credit, I guess. You know, he could have just sat back. He could have he could have uh, thrown on Alanis and, you know, absorbed pressure all night and just played for the one-one draw once we gave up that that second one. But Man, you know, what a what a bad way to take your first potential win against Minnesota United and throw away with a red card like that in the middle of the field, clear studs up. I mean, you know, I, I think pretty much everyone agrees that it was red worthy. Um, and, you know, at that point, you know, it, it was one of those things like, okay, you know, it's going to be one of those nights, 70 minutes, batting down the hatches and see if they can see out at least a point here. And it didn't take long for that Minnesota United response, did it? And, you know, it, it feel, they, I think last year the Quakes went down at home after a red card and gutted out a draw, if I remember right. And it kind of feels like the same thing, you know, tonight. Like, they kind of got their backs to the wall, and sometimes this team actually is more interesting and plays a bit better when their backs are to the wall, so long as they haven't lost confidence. And... They, since they never lost confidence, they always, I think, felt like they had a chance and they kind of went for it at times. You were there in the press box. You had a good tactical view. Like, you know, what was it that, that you were seeing? Because, of course, we're dealing with uh, with zoomed in cameras and such and probably missing some of the tactical nuance of what was going on. I mean, it was a really interesting approach that Almeida took after the red card. Uh, and I, I mean, I think the red card is a good place to start just because you know, from the press box, it was just an incredibly stupid challenge. And I'm sure it came across that way on the television screen too. He's in the middle of the field. The Quakes have just scored. It's like the 30th minute. It's not like tensions are high. You know, sometimes when, when players get red cards or they make dumb challenges, you can sort of rationalize it. 
you know, either it's a, a really important last ditch tackle, they're really going for it. Sometimes that, you know, emotions are just running really high and they sort of get the better of themselves. But uh, this one made no sense at all. Why he's chasing that ball in the first place, why he's going in studs up like that. It was such an obvious red card. And then, you know, Minnesota score immediately after that. You bet that Nathan was feeling pretty foolish in that walk down the tunnel, getting back to the locker room, hearing Minnesota scored. Uh, I think that Matias Almeida should have a talking to uh, him about that one because, I, I mean, he's brought so much passion and energy on the field. But as a leader for this team, you just can't, you know, let yourself. Uh, do do things like that. Um, but honestly, I think the Quakes responded well. I think this was a good performance by the Quakes, Jamin. I, I have to disagree with you there. I think this was a, almost an optimistic performance for the Quakes because they're playing a really tough opponent, Minnesota United. They haven't beaten in Matias Almeida's tenure. And they hold on to a draw, down a man. And yeah, they were just super defensively solid after... Uh, Nathan Nathan got sent off and uh, I mean there were some tactical wrinkles there uh, that were really surprising uh, to me you know how he moved Judson back there and stuck with Judson and Deason in the back line for the rest of the game and they played really well and uh, I, I, I mean they almost went to a 3-5-2 at the end of the game there was lots of interesting interesting tactical wrinkles there Jamin I'm curious to see what what you saw from your vantage point. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mean to indicate that I didn't think it was a good performance. You know, it. it you know, I, I think the interesting word that she actually used there is performance. Like, was it was it performance? Uh, was it a a interesting game? Was it did it have some excitement? I mean, after the Vancouver game, anything's going to look good almost, so long as there's goals and a, and a bit of danger. And I, I think it was like too much too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> the the two goals and the red card happening all pretty much within the first 20 minutes of the game. It seemed like, okay, well that was a lot kind of quick after, you know, watching 90 plus minutes of, of Vancouver and the quakes the other night. So yes, performance wise, was it a good performance? Did the 10 who were on the field, as Diane said, um, step up? Absolutely. And the players that came off the bench, I think for the most part, you know, did as well. Did they always make the best decisions? No. Um, certainly there were situations where I think a lot of players would go like, yeah, I should have, should have moved the ball a little bit earlier there, made a particular pass. There was an amazing amount of space at times, given that the quakes were down, um, you know, a man that they kept finding when they would switch the point of attack and, and get the ball out to the wings and the wingers would find space in front of them and, and, would attack that space. But a lot of times, like it felt like the attacks kind of went to the wrong locations. Like it went like too direct up the sideline when probably a cut inside would have worked a bit better and been a bit more dangerous and forced Minnesota United to scramble a bit more. I think sometimes the quakes kind of bailed out uh, Minnesota United a little bit there. Also on the goal that they gave up, you know, um, I think JT overall had a good night, but he started to commit to coming out and, that ball I felt was there for the taking and then then kind of wasn't. Looks like Matias Almeida is joining uh, us now. Thank you, everyone, so we're for go over joining to tonight's post-game press conference. We have head coach Matias Almeida ready to speak. Um, so we'll kick it off with the English portion first, starting off with Alex Morgan. Hi, Matias. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. It's good to see you. Hi, Alex. How are you? Good, thank you. 
Um, I'm curious how you feel after that result. You know, on the one hand, you take the lead and, you know, it's a good performance to hold on, you know, to the draw after Nathan's red card. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it feels like maybe you could have had the full three points if, if not for that red card for Nathan. Está curioso cómo te sentís. De un lado, eh, una buena actuación de los jugadores después eh, de la roja de Nathan, pero del otro lado, eh, parecía que se podía haber conseguido los tres puntos eh, sin la roja de Nathan. Realmente me siento muy frustrado. I feel really frustrated. Me siento. No sé si llamarlo triste. I feel. I don't know if I, should, if I would call it sad que ahora voy a explicar por qué. Primero quiero remarcar la entrega de los jugadores, la interpretación. Y jugaron por amor, con amor, con, por el honor. Eh, y después creo que una vez más fuimos perjudicados. Y eso me da mucha tristeza. And that makes me really sad. Porque no entiendo por qué. Because I do not understand why. Porque si hay un penal hay que cobrarlo. Because if there's a penalty, it should be called. Yo respeto a los rivales, respeto a los árbitros. I respect the opponents, I respect the refs. Eh, pero ya lo he declarado muchas veces, no siento que nos dirijan igual que a los rivales. But I've spoken out about it many times, I don't think that we're refs the same as our opposition. Comprendo los errores que puede haber porque son humanos. Pero acá había un bar. El bar vio que había penal. Y ese penal se juega al trabajo nuestro. Y a mí no me da lo mismo empatar, perder o ganar. No, pues detrás nuestro hay, hay familias. Detrás nuestro hay... Eh, un montón de, de, de decisiones que hemos tomado en nuestras vidas. Y necesitamos ser tratados iguales. And we have to be Yo lo digo con muchísimo respeto, y, pero más que nada con mucho dolor. Feliz por la actuación de los jugadores, muy triste por la actuación del árbitro. Y repito, lo digo con mucho respeto y siendo objetivo. Por lo general en la vida, y sobre todo en el fútbol, cuando uno eh, no está de acuerdo con este tipo de decisiones, yo estoy aceptando que el árbitro se equivoca. Pero porque es real, se equivocó. It's real and he made y nosotros fuimos perjudicados. And that us. Thank you. Uh, next up, Jamin Moore. Unmuted. Hi, coach. Good evening. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, definitely an exciting game. The red card obviously brought maybe excitement you would not have wished. Um, can you talk to us about kind of your tactical change that you made following uh, the red card? Uh, we noticed that uh, you had Alanis available, but you chose to to have Judson play center back, and you made aggressive subs toward the end of the game. Uh, look like going for going for the win as you typically do. 
can you just talk us through like uh, what your thought process was in terms of your substitutions tonight and and how you set up the team after the red card? Thank you. Seguramente fue un partido emocionante por ahí por la roja algunas emociones que no querías, pero después la roja pregunta hiciste unos cambios que tenías a Aranis en el en el banco, pero decidiste eh, ponerlo en el central. Si puedes hablar un poco del pensamiento de, de esos cambios después de la roja, del cambio de, de la táctica. Sí, primero y principal creo que la roja estuvo bien. First and foremost, I think the red card was right. Y repito, el penal estuvo mal. And I repeat, the, red, uh, the penalty was wrong. No puedo desviar la conversación sin recordarme del penal. I cannot detour the conversation without uh, thinking about the penalty. Porque eran tres puntos para nosotros. Because that was three points for us. Los cambios, cuando hago los cambios estoy bajando un mensaje. When I make subs, I'm giving them, I'm sending a message. El mensaje que quiero ganar. The messages that I want to win. Es simple. It's simple. Los jugadores fueron grandes intérpretes porque en el entretiempo corregimos. The, uh, the players were great interpreters because in uh, halftime we corrected things. Y defensivamente realmente lo hicieron perfecto. And defensively they really did it perfect. Y tuvimos nuestra chance de poder marcar un gol de contragolpe. And we had our to score off a Ahora, no es un caso menor jugar casi 80 minutos con un jugador menos ante Minnesota. Por momentos jugamos con dos jugadores menos. For moments, we played, uh, two down. No, cada uno que lo interprete como quiera. Estoy muy enojado, la verdad. The truth is, I'm really upset. No me da lo mismo. I'm not indifferent towards. No me da lo mismo porque yo me rompo la cabeza pensando todos los días con el cuerpo técnico cómo mejorar el equipo. I'm not indifferent towards it because I bust my head every day with the coaching staff on how no to improve the team. No puede ser que todas las actuaciones siempre sean, eh, digamos, eh, equivocadas ante San José. It can't be that every no. decision is mistaken against. Y lo digo con mucho respeto, pero realmente me pone muy mal. I say with lots of respect, but it makes me really upset. Muy mal, queremos ser igual a los demás. We want to be equal to the rest. Thank you. We're going to take one more English question from Marco Yukolovich. Marco. Bueno, Matías, mucho gusto. Un gusto. Considering what happened in this game with all these non-calls that happened against you, especially the, the non-penalty call, was this the most frustrated game you've coached here in San Jose? Gracias. Teniendo en cuenta eh, todas las acciones que el árbitro no ha cobrado San José, más que nada el penal, si este fue el partido más frustrante que tuviste acá en San José. Hace rato vengo declarando este tipo de fallos. I've been speaking out about uh, these misses for a while. No es un justificativo. It's not a justification. Porque hemos perdido por eh, por errores nuestros. Because we've lost due to our mistakes. Y lo único que pido siempre que hablo con los cuartos árbitros con mucho respeto es que si hay un jugador DP desde de otro equipo DP team, y se lo protege, him, que me protejan a los jóvenes a mí, que son el futuro de Estados Unidos, que la falta sea la misma y que sea cobrada de la misma manera. Nada más, no quiero que nos beneficien. Mi reclamo con justicia es que se cobre igual. My with is that it's even. Y cuando nosotros nos equivocamos, nos echan. And when we protest, we get sent off. ¿Y qué pasa cuando un árbitro se equivoca? What when a ref makes no okay. sé todavía. I still don't know. Entonces, copiemos las mejores cosas de las mejores ligas. So let's copy the best things from the best leagues.
Thank you. We're now going to switch to the Spanish portion and take two questions from Carlos Justiz. Matías, buenas noches, Carlos Justiz de Telemundo. Un gusto estar de vuelta contigo. Eh, buenas noches, una noche, una noche complicada. Eh, primero, eh, habla un poquito de, de, de ese error, un error, un lapso mental a lo mejor de Nathan. En, a mí me parece que es un jugador que tiene muchísimas, muchísimas ganas, que pone muchísimo esfuerzo, pero a veces, bueno, en ese esfuerzo se pasa, ¿no? Entonces, hoy, hoy te pasa factura en ese sentido. Y la segunda sería, eh, pensando en, en estas cosas, en estas, de, el, el arbitraje que no es igual eh, siempre, también me parece que es un problema en general en, en MLS, a lo mejor también en CONCACAF, ¿qué se podría hacer? Para mejorar, para mejorar esta situación, porque también viene, creo que un poquito de preparación, ¿no? No, no sé si tú lo veas igual. La primera, ya hablamos con Nata, él pidió disculpas a sus compañeros porque se equivocó. Y nosotros también nos equivocamos, como todo el mundo y como los árbitros. Eh, ante nosotros se han equivocado muchas veces ya. Muchas veces. Ahora, San José no tiene el nombre de otros equipos. Y eso es lo que yo no acepto. No, no acepto, digamos, si hay un penal muy claro, hay un bar. Puede ser que el árbitro no lo vea. El bar, el cuarto árbitro, nos dijo que no lo cobraron porque el jugador le pegó a la tierra. Pero ¿qué? no sé, no sé qué imagen. La verdad no, no entiendo. Es penal. Es penal y después si lo hace o no lo hace es otro tema. Hay que cobrar lo que era. Después nos, contra, nos cortaron un contragolpe claro. Claro. Bueno, esos fallos no nos, no nos benefician a nosotros y, y hemos elevado muchas cartas, hemos mandado videos, pero no para que nos cobren más eh, que a los demás. Igual. Queremos que sea igual. Si hay un jugador del rival que pegó cinco y cometió cinco faltas, nos vinieron a dar un, una, una charla previo a los torneos, que si un jugador comete cuatro faltas o tres, es amonestado, listo. Hay un reglamento. Entonces, que, se, que, que gire el reglamento. Y después yo soy partidario de apoyar a todo el mundo, porque todos vivimos de lo mismo, pero que haya un poco más de respeto, porque está el trabajo nuestro en el juego. La verdad, nosotros trabajamos de esto, trabajamos si ganás, vas, si empatás, creas dudas, y si perdés te pueden echar. Ahora, para movernos de un país al otro, movemos familia, somos 30 personas acá. ¿No? Y, y los fallos muchas veces, más allá de que uno puede hacerlo bien, regular, mal, muchas veces te perjudican, bueno, que, que se revea. Eh, y repito, los partidos que hemos perdido, los hemos perdido por errores nuestros. No estoy, digamos, lamentándome por los partidos perdidos. Hoy yo quería ganar el partido, el partido era ganable para nosotros. ¿sí? Porque cualquiera podría estar feliz de haber empatado un partido con día ante Minnesota, un gran rival, con un gran entrenador. Pero el partido se nos escapó por fallos. Es simple. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll be bringing in a player shortly. Okay, so as Alex so gets back in here, as you can see, Matias Almeida, very, very passionate Alex about the lack of a penalty call 
you know, there, there's a lot going on in the chat over here and, and the, the chat is almost just as passionate as Matthias was. And I appreciate the passion that's in the chat. For me, it wasn't a penalty because on the rear replay, very clearly, uh, uh, Cade stuck his leg out wider behind the other player and effectively did a very good thing that a lot of talented players used to get away with before VAR, which is to kick the back of the other player's leg and then go down. It's exactly what he did. And the replay to me was extremely clear. He didn't get the PK. However, there were other weird situations tonight from the officiating. Let's set the red card and the PK shot aside. There were some interesting moments and you happened to be sitting beside a very famous official. I don't know if you want to really get into who you sat beside tonight, but I was wondering if he had any sort of impression in your conversations at all tonight about the officiating uh, as it went down in this game, because there was some curious stuff. It looked like Almeida was asking for a dog. So there was a bad positioning for the, the free kick toward the end. It was like several yards behind where the foul actually took place, which was just outside the box. There was, a, there was, you know, and Espinoza, you know, potentially should have gotten a yellow. Maybe he was stepped on. Maybe he wasn't like there was a lot in that game that I think boiled up to a fever pitch with Almeida there uh, culminating in the PK. But he chose to focus the press conference on the PK. I think he would have been complaining about the officiating anyway. What do you think? Look, I mean, I think there were lots of little fouls that, you know, I sort of tilted my head and, and, and didn't understand and clearly that's why Almeida got so frustrated. I don't think I've seen him that visibly frustrated and almost emotional in that press conference. It felt like he was almost on the brink of tears at one point. And it's sort of hard to tell via this video format. But that's kind of the way it looked to me. And, and that was surprising to me only because I think the referee got the two big calls right. You know, that was obviously a red card for Nathan. And Almeida himself admitted that. And, you know, that was not a penalty on uh, Cade Cowell. I mean, they have VAR. It is a play that is reviewed, and VAR decided not to call it back. So I don't understand how you can be frustrated. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your patience. We are now um, going by Earthquakes defender Luciano we'll Alcazis. Uh, Luciano will be answering in Spanish, and I will be translating into English for him. So we'll start off with an English question by Jamin Moore. Unmuted. Hello, Luciano. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, um, a hard-fought game, one that had a red card in it that forced you guys to fight uh, for 70 minutes to try to regain the lead and also to to protect and, and make sure that you got out with at least a point um, out of a home game like this. For you, uh, what did it feel like on the field tonight? It felt very passionate. It felt uh, like there was a lot of fight in the team. What were you guys talking about, particularly after the penalty? Thank you. Terminó dando el trámite del partido por, por jugar mucho tiempo con un hombre menos. Eh, estaba claro por la postura del equipo desde el inicio que nosotros queríamos los tres puntos, porque así lo necesitamos. 
eh, la expulsión nos, nos condicionó bastante, pero bueno, sacó creo que lo mejor de cada uno eh, y pudimos sostener el partido eh, y así todo crear, crear situaciones. Eh, creo que con un hombre menos por ahí el empate fue justo, ellos tuvieron su situación y nosotros las nuestras. Eh, pero sí, en el vestuario hablamos de, de justamente de eso, de estar concentrados, de, de, de que necesitábamos un esfuerzo más de cada uno, así lo hicimos y, y bueno, terminamos eh, dejando una muy buena imagen con un hombre menos. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a really hard fought match. Uh, at the end, in the end, after the the red card, uh, we had to just kind of gather up ourselves and, and have a good chat. Um, the team was able to continue to fight hard uh, and create chances. Uh, the other team had their opportunities. We had ours. Um, and in the end, it was a, a draw that I think was pretty fair overall for both teams. Uh, the, the red card limited us a little bit in terms of what we were trying to do. Hi, Luciano. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, can you talk about the tactical adjustments that you made after uh, the red card and how you guys approached it uh, defensively in that situation? Um, you know, dropping Judson into the back line uh, and then later more tactical changes in the second half. I'm curious uh, what what your strategy was. Después de la tarjeta roja hubieron unos cambios tácticos. Eh, si puedes hablar un poco más sobre la idea bajo esos cambios, ya sea Judson bajando de central o este, los cambios que entraron en el segundo tiempo. Eh... Después de la tarjeta roja, Judson pasó a jugar de central. Eh, Jackson, que estaba jugando suelto cerca de, cerca de Jeremy, pasó a jugar en el medio campo y quedó Jeremy solo arriba. Después, en el segundo tiempo, volvimos a cambiar el esquema y paramos una línea de, de, de tres con dos laterales bien abiertos. Eh, y bueno, creo que ahí estuvo la clave porque bueno, el entrenador nuestro, Matías, leyó bien el partido y... y y Minnesota no, no, no tuvo, eh, creo que situaciones claras, más que algunos centros no, no, no pudieron con un hombre más eh, encontrar los caminos para, para lastimarnos. Eh, creo que después los chicos que entraron lo hicieron muy bien, nosotros sabíamos que en un momento nos íbamos a, a, a cansar, eh, lógicamente por, por tener que hacer un esfuerzo de más con un jugador menos, y los chicos que entraron lo hicieron de, de perfecta manera también. After the red card, uh, there were a couple changes. Uh, Judson dropped back as a center back, uh, as well as Jackson dropped back a little bit more. He started off playing more as an attacking midfielder, but then was helping out more defensively in the midfield. Uh, in the second half, we had a couple subs come in, and those guys uh, did a really great job filling in um, and helping out uh, the, the team that was on because we were missing one player. So. In general, they were the guys that came in did a really good job, and that really helped us out. Thank you. Uh, next up, we have Fabian Renkel. Fabian. Hola, Luciano. Gracias por tu tiempo. Fabian Renkel. Cuando Fiero vino al partido. Y jugando esa posición, ¿lo dijiste algo a él para que mira esto? Porque nunca Fiero juega esa posición. 
muchísimas gracias. Eh, no, no le dije nada porque ya lo habíamos hablado en el, en el entretiempo. Matías ya lo había hablado, había explicado los movimientos que íbamos a hacer los que estábamos jugando afuera y a los jugadores que podían llegar a entrar en esas posiciones, les pidió Matías que, que presten atención. Eh, uno de ellos fue Carlos en mi posición, así que eh, creo que fue mérito de, de, de Carlos entenderlo rápido, de rápido y del entrenador de haberle avisado y haber preparado con anterioridad eh, los cambios porque, bueno, sabía que el partido se podía dar así. Muchísimas gracias. De nada, gracias a vos. For everyone, the question was on the dialogue between Luciano and Carlos Fierro when Fierro came in in the second half, uh, to which Luciano responded, uh, we didn't really talk at that moment because I had already chatted with him uh, during halftime in the locker rooms. Uh, I think credit goes to Fierro because he understood well what the what the play and what the, the tactics were during that time. And also credit to uh, our head coach, Matias, who Uh, was able to guide the team and, and, and talk to every, all of us as a whole. So uh, I think he came in really well, and both of us understood each other uh, really well also during the game. Thank you, Fabian. And next up, we will have and finish with Carlos Yusis with the question. Carlos? Luciano, buenas noches. Um, Matías habló un poco de que eh, una de las partes que más le frustra de, de estos partidos no es tanto el resultado, no es tanto como ustedes se han desarrollado el campo, eh, a pesar de errores como, como el de Nathan, que es un lapso mental, sino que el arbitraje ha sido un poco cargado para ustedes. No sé si ya lo, lo, lo cerró con ustedes, lo, lo platicó con ustedes, que, que hay, un, hay un sentimiento de que a los Quakes no se les marque igual que a otros equipos. Creo que no es un sentimiento, sino que es una realidad y está, está a la vista. Pero bueno, nosotros sabemos que, que es así, que va a seguir siendo así. Nos preparamos para, para luchar contra eso también eh, y vamos a seguir dando, dándole pelea a esto hasta el final. Hoy creo que mucha jugada, de hecho lo hablé hablé con el, con el árbitro, se pueden ver las, las imágenes que hablé durante todo el partido con el árbitro, pidiéndole explicaciones de, 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 bueno, de, muchas, de, de muchas situaciones que para un lado y para otro eran medidas con, con, con diferente eh, vara, eh, así que eh, nada, sí lo hablamos, pero bueno, tratamos ya de, de, de no hablarlo más y de, y de, de trabajar para poder... Eh, superar estas situaciones eh, también y creo que hoy se vio. So the question was on Luciano's reactions on the refereeing tonight and in response to what Matias uh, had on his opinions about the refereeing tonight as well, to which uh, Luciano responded. I think it's a reality um, in the sense that uh, the, the refereeing was not up to par to, to, to what the game was expected from tonight. Uh, but we have to look on what we can do ourselves, and we have to look onward. Uh, I spoke many times throughout the match uh, with the referee, uh, whether it was replays, talking it out, um, different fouls. Uh, both teams had different moments and things that were somewhat controversial. 
but we have to just look at what we can do um, and, and move onward more than anything. Okay, well, thank you, Luciano, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, give us a couple more seconds. Luciano would like to address something. Que quería agradecerles a, a todos y, y que, bueno, pues sobre todo la, la paciencia de que todavía mi, mi inglés no está en un nivel tan alto como para poder eh, eh, hacer esta conferencia solamente en inglés. Así que quería agradecerle a, a Pedro y, bueno, eh, pedirle disculpas por todavía no haberlo aprendido, pero bueno, estamos en, en proceso y muchas gracias. I just wanted to offer my sincere apologies and appreciation to all of you for uh, having to listen to me i'm still trying to learn english uh, but i'm getting better at it every day so i just wanted to thank all of you for your patience uh thank pedro for the translation and everyone here thank you everyone and we'll catch you on the next one thank you okay as you can see they're actually a very professional you know ending to that from uh, luciano avocados i don't think he knows that, uh, hey, you know, this is this is normal it, and using the translator and uh, it's perfectly fine that he, uh, you know, is is learning uh, English. I thought uh, an excellent job from Luciano. I think only the second time we've gotten a chance to talk of talk to him. And uh, I thought he did an excellent job there. Alex, I was just commenting, you know, I don't think we've ever had someone ask to speak to us that I can recall afterwards and basically apologize for the lack of English. But you know, Luciano, uh, you know, I thought he had a good game tonight and also, you know, class from the press conference coming in there. Uh, our understanding is that there was a bit of a celebration post game uh, for a lot of the players who we normally would talk to were a part of Wanda's uh, 400th appearance celebration. Jake Pisani, who normally we work with in the post game press conference from Quicks PR, uh, actually was uh, in uh, involved in, in that. And there were some challenges grabbing a player availability for tonight due to the celebration but you know alex uh, your thoughts uh, i guess we probably can circle back at some point here to matthias's comments because uh you know he had some uh some real interesting ones uh but uh but luciano as well i, I you know I, again uh really uh i think a classy gesture by him at the end but you know well spoken i always enjoy talking to him yeah i think that was a classy gesture at the end you know Appreciate the thoughtfulness uh, on his part, uh, and uh, I, I thought he had a great game tonight. As you were saying, I think you know the other ten players, you know, really stepped up after Nathan's red card. You look across the back line, Tanner Beeson. You know, we wanted to see at center back. He's been playing a lot of left back this season. We wanted to see how he would play in the middle as potentially a long term option for this team at the back and whether he might be able to replace Alanis in the, the long term or even take his spot at center back uh, this season uh, in the in the short term and he played really well he had a, a really solid game so I think that was a positive sign uh, for San Jose and I mean I think there were lots of positives tonight you look up front I think Jeremy Abobasi had a great game his you know hold up play was really good Jamin he was receiving the ball with his back to goal, holding it up really well, creating space, making the right passes, releasing at the right time. And so there were just lots of positives. And I think, I think for me, that's the reason that I felt a little sort of off put by 
some of the comments Almeida was making about the refs, because I understand that, you know, after a game like that, he's obviously frustrated, you know, rightfully so, I think. And, um, you know, it's easy to get caught up in those, in those emotions. But on the other hand, I mean, the refs weren't, you know, I, I, I don't think the refs made any game-changing calls today. I don't think that it should be a huge story, uh, the refereeing tonight. And, you know, I think with Chris Wondolowski's 400th appearance, with all these other positives, um, I think that should be the focus after a game like tonight. I don't think the referees should be the focus um, after that game. And, um, yeah, so that that was a little a little off-putting for me from that press conference because, quite honestly, I thought that Almeida coached really well, and I wanted to give him more credit for that, um, for the, you know, the substitutions that he was making in his post-match press conference. He said, look, the substitutions I make, the message that I'm sending is that we want to win. And you could see that, you know, he's making offensive substitutions in the second half, even when they're down a man. But off- offensive substitutions in a way that made sense uh, you know, uh, shifting to more of a three-five-two there at the end uh, with Lopez and Judson and Beeson center back, uh, Fierro right wing back, uh, Palmeri uh, left wing back. Uh, you know, three-four-two because they were down a man. But it was a really, I think, novel formation that we haven't seen a lot of from the Quakes before, and they were creating chances right until the very end. I mean, they created more chances than they did in the Vancouver game. Even though they were down a man, they were looking more dangerous and like they had more going for them uh, than they did in the Vancouver game. So all in all, I thought it was a a positive performance for them. And uh, I guess that's why I was surprised uh, by some of the comments that he was making about the refs in the the post-match press conference. Yeah, and I don't think, uh, you know, everyone in the comments is going to agree with with our takes on this tonight. And that's perfectly fine because certainly I think uh, people can look at both of those situations and, and disagree on them. And, and I, I think we both would agree. There were other curious officiating moments in the match that, you know, is probably led up to a boil uh, for Almeida. And I think that the penalty shot was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back from his perspective. Um, so I, I agree with you. I, I felt like, you know, there were adjustments tonight. I thought there was a real thought process. And, and let's be fair. One of the criticisms that I've leveled at Almeida over the past couple of years has been that he doesn't adjust to, to what other teams do, that um, other teams adjust to him. And we saw that play out quite profoundly last season as the Quakes gave up so many goals right after halftime. They would carry leads into halftime and immediately give up a goal in the second half. And sometimes it would be the undoing and, and, uh, and during the worst parts of the season, you know, would be followed by, by other goals. In this case, you know, I do feel that he is adapting to the situations. He is adapting to what other teams are doing. You saw him sitting, I don't know if you caught it on the television, but sitting with his assistant with a notepad in the middle of a game and they were drawing stuff on the notepad. And clearly, you know, they're trying to say, talk tactically about the things that they needed to do, the substitutions they needed to make. We heard Abacasis talk about the help that they got from Carlos Fierro at halftime, who's had more experience in Almeida systems and playing with 10 men and maybe some of the other players, not as much experience in talking about, here's how you handle these different situations and Almeida giving his own advice. So I felt like a really well-coached game from Almeida. 
uh, and his staff. I thought they did an, did an excellent job. And I do think throughout this stretch of games that we've seen that kind of tactical flexibility and response to the situation that lacked during the first part of the season and into last year when the teams were going through their, their rough stretches. So I think we've talked about the officials quite a bit here. There've been other great questions in the chat and I do want to get on them because we, we do have some things that we, we need to get to here. Um, uh, so uh, one of the things I think you, you started to touch on there and, and uh, Lucas uh, Mariani had asked, and I thought it was a great question and I told him to remind us about it uh, when we, we got back from the press conference here was what did we think of, Abobasi's aerial ability or lack them thereof. And Lucas is a super smart, tactically oriented guy. He's a youth coach. We've had a lot of great chats, you know, on Twitter in the past and such. I know he's 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 coming from a, a position of knowing, you know, what he's looking at here. My son and I, uh, my son who has a really good tactical mind, much better than mine, he points out things all the times that, that I miss, um, was pointing out some of the the stuff with Abobasi's technique and such. I think there was some some good in the, the bad. I think Lucas is pointing out the bad here, which was we, he wasn't winning a lot of aerial balls, but I felt what he did a really good job on as a nine was checking back to the ball and being a, being available to be able to hold up the ball and then start the attack. He had several good switches, layoff balls and other things that really did kind of get the attack going even down a man. I think he was the key to a lot of the danger that we saw tonight. What was your perspective high up seeing a little bit more of the pitch than I was able to? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really put much thought into Obobese's aerial ability uh, because he wasn't challenging for that many uh, headers uh, and, you know, wasn't making himself, you know, a big presence on set pieces. And I guess that's a little concerning. He's a guy with, you know, height. He has the height for that. Uh, and I think that was probably the hope when the Quakes signed him is that he'd improve their set pieces. Um, so I guess that's a little disappointing, but quite honestly, you know, he's contributed in so many other ways that I'm not particularly worried about that. Um, more in the buildup play, as you're saying, the way he's checking off the forge and looking to play in those pockets of space, you know, find those pockets of space and then connect with uh, the midfielders and uh, the wingers. Uh, and I thought he did a really good job of that tonight. And I, I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, he gets an assist and he starts scoring goals for this team. And I think the fact that he started tonight again was a, a testament to just how much Almeida, you know, trusts him already. You know, he's, he's basically played uh, most, uh, most every minute he's been able to, since he arrived in San Jose, he's immediately earned that starting spot over Chris Wondolowski, Andy Rios and, and Kate Cowell. And I think for the, the foreseeable future, that's his starting spot because uh, he's been playing strong up there and, uh, yeah, his his interplay with the midfield was particularly strong. Um, you know, I was a little worried heading into this game about the midfield with Eric Rometty, Judson, and Jackson Ewell, just because in the past, Jackson Ewell has struggled in that 10 role, especially when teams are really compact and sit deep, uh, like Minnesota tend to do. Uh, but I actually thought that, you know, Ewell played well, uh, especially, you know, he, he, he sort of moved into the... Uh, deeper position after the red card and Judson was moved to center back. But in the opening half hour, I thought you was having some good combinations. And I think that, uh, you know, that partnership with him and Obobese was starting to build uh, a little bit. And so, yeah, I, I have only positive things to say at this point about, about Obobese's performance. 
Yeah, and and you know one of the things that I I felt was that there were so many games where you get to like halftime and and whoever starting at that nine position has like less than ten touches. Um, it was really nice to see Jeremy get engaged in the game. It almost felt like the Quakes had an additional player, even though a, a player was taken off, because from a touches and involvement perspective, it got a lot more equitable. Um, you know, with Abobasi in there tonight, and we saw, uh, you know, a lot more, I think, out of what the nine can offer, you know, for this for this team going forward uh, when Jeremy Abobasi is playing it. Um, you know, there's there's definitely been some talk about Cade Cowell, and let me kind of set this up a little bit. The Quakes have won six games this season. I saw a, a stat online that mentioned that Cade has started in all six of the wins, and when Cade doesn't start, then, you know, the Quakes are either losing or drawing. Jamin, I'm surprised you're citing a statistic like that, though. Usually you're very skeptical of those kinds of statistics. <laughs> I am so extremely skeptical of these kinds of statistics, but I feel like it's important to kind of put this out there tonight because, you know, we, we are seeing a game now where uh, Cade is, uh, several games now where Cade is not starting. He is coming off of the bench. Shea Salinas wearing the captain's armband has been starting at the left wing and really kind of taking what would otherwise have been, you know, Cade's uh, spot to start in. Um, so long as Shea's wearing the captain's armband, so long as Matias is keeping it with him, whether it's for luck or for because he thinks Shea's doing a great job or he's earned it or whatever the reasons are. Because it's Matias, Shea Salinas, Jamin. It's uh, Shea yeah, Salinas. but he's never been a captain until this year and never been a captain until this, basically this unbeaten I'm streak started, right? I'm Salinas is captain material, Jamin. I'm very confident Very good. That. So I'm glad that you think captain, Shea Salinas is captain material. I agree with you, but what it does mean is that Cade Cowell's not starting. What do you think? I mean, look, I'm I'm not surprised that we're seeing more rotation in this stretch. The Quakes play again on Friday, so I would expect that that Cade Cowell starts that game uh, just out of rotation uh, purposes that he gets back into the starting lineup. And look, he hasn't been scoring as much recently. He hasn't been, uh, you know, getting as many assists. But I think that the comment that uh, Daniel just made here. Uh, about the fact that he stretches the team vertically, opens up space underneath uh, for his teammates is absolutely true. Uh, just by having him on the field, having him making those runs and having him being that dominant physical presence is drawing the focus of other defenders and creating opportunities for his teammates. So even though I think he can definitely improve his end product, I think in the last couple of games, the final touch just hasn't really been there. He hasn't made the right decisions in the final third. Uh, even though I think he needs to improve that, I still think he makes this team better for, for those reasons. And and so, look, I, I if I were him, I'd probably be frustrated by the lack of end product. I know we spoke to him after, you know, last week's game, and he said, uh, I, 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 I'm sort of ambivalent about the way I'm performing uh, so far this season. He said that he didn't think he was performing too good. He didn't think he was performing too bad either. Uh, and I'd say that's probably right. I think he's meeting expectations uh, for his sort of growth pattern this year. And I think that he still has a bright future ahead of him, even though he's not, you know, scoring week in, week out at this point of the season. Okay. Well, I could make life difficult on you and say, are you team Salinas or team Cowell? But since uh, no one in the chat is pushing it too hard. You can't hard, choose, uh, Jamie. You uh, can't <laughs> choose between Salinas and Cowell. Come on. Come on. Those are two fan favorites, Jamie. 
There you go. Well, one's des one's destined to the Hall of Fame, and the other's destined. Let's hope for Europe. Uh, you know, sooner sooner than later, and maybe that'll get him into the Hall of Fame at a later point in his career too. So, um, you know, at this at this point, Alex, you know, this un unbeaten run continues. There are questions. One of the questions that came up was, "What does this do?" Effectively, Nathan now not available, uh, as we already know, for the LA Galaxy game, but he's also I believe a yellow from a yellow card suspension. So the scenario that's being played out here is that uh, since a straight red probably doesn't reset the yellow card accumulation, he's going to miss, to miss most of today for the red, miss the galaxy game for the red, come back, get a yellow, and then miss another game. What do you think of the prospect of no Nathan for the next uh, two out of three games if, if that's the case? Honestly, on the basis of this performance by Beeson, the way that Alanis has been playing, you know, the fact that Judson stepped in there so calmly and was so composed back there, I'm not even particularly worried. I think they have enough options in order to make it work. Uh, and, you know, I think the fact that the fullbacks have also been so good is, is also helpful for this team. I mean, they have like three or four really solid fullbacks right now. Paul Marie's been playing well. Marcos Lopez has been playing well. Luciano Abacasis has been playing well. Even Tanner Beeson can play at left back. I think they have options at defense right now, and they've been playing well. And I think the improvement for this team, uh, you know, from mid-June when they shipped five goals to Orlando you know, City and when they, you know, allowed three goals to the Galaxy, the improvement is just crazy. Uh, you know, both in terms of personnel, adding Nathan, and also tactically in sort of the awareness and strategy that they have is much more pragmatic. And it's not always super exciting. You saw that against Vancouver last weekend, the 0-0 draw. Felt a lot like Dom Kinnear ball. I think you saw a little bit of that tonight as well when they're playing more bunker counter style soccer. But man, has it been effective. That is the main reason that this team is undefeated in so many games is because their defense has, you know, really been really solid. And I mean, you put them in, in sort of winning situations, you know, the minute that that own goal happens today, I have a lot of confidence in the quakes because they've been really pretty good. I think at playing in winning situations uh, and in defending the lead uh, it's because they have been so solid and, and more compact at the back. I mean, after Nathan was sent off, you almost saw them moving to an entirely zonal defense. I mean, uh, they were sort of willing to be adaptive in that situation and to make those adjustments mid-game in order to succeed. And that's credit to Almeida and all of the defenders. I'm not worried at all uh, about this team in Nathan's absence. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I think the team has matured, and particularly you could say, you know, Tanner Beeson, right, has matured. I think you you hit on the reason that can feel a little bit more comfortable back there. We did see one game last year where – we played with the two left-footed center backs at the same time, Tanner Beeson and Alanis. Decent chance we could see that here against the Galaxy since there's no Florian Youngworth. On the other hand, maybe Judson as center back maybe convinced Almeida that that's potentially an option here as well if he wants to go right foot on the right side and left foot on the left side. No, not for you? Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, unless... Alanis is struggling with injury. Uh, he was on the bench tonight, didn't get subbed in. Unless there's sort of an injury issue, we know he had sort of issues with his knee earlier in the season. Unless that is a concern, I think he should just stick 
Alanis back in there and go with Alanis and Beeson. But he is, again, his hand might be forced. He might have to go to Judson and Beeson back there. And then you might start to worry. If that were the case, I might be a little bit more worried about the defensive depth in that situation. But, you know, I have no indication about what Alanis' fitness is like right now. Yeah, and I, and I tried to see if I could get Almeida to bite and give us a little bit on Alanis and whether he was didn't start tonight for, you know, more medical reasons or more tactical reasons and, and why he didn't use them. But, uh, you know, Almeida obviously was a bit more focused on another topic. He wanted to, to make sure he got off his chest there. So, you know, what, what can, what can you do? I, you know, I think Lucas's comment here is good too. Honestly, I love Nathan, but he slides into almost every challenge. Wasn't surprised to see him get a red tonight. I think like the moment I saw him play, I'm like, okay, he's getting a red sometime this season. Um, you could definitely, you know, see that type of thing coming because he is like a sliding tackler. Like that was me in, in high school. I slid into every challenge, but that was because I was horrible one we one defending. And if I didn't slide, I'd have no chance to win a ball. Um, you know, I guess you could, you could say, look, Nathan has brought a lot of points to this team over the last few games. Can the quicks get away with losing potentially two points tonight, you know, because of his actions and, and, you know, if they can get out against the Galaxy with at least a point, you know, over uh, uh, on, on Friday, you know, it is the type of risk that he brings out there, you know, totally worth it. And, you know, this is just going to happen sometimes. He's, 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 that's the way he plays. He's, he's going to play all heart. He's going to go into every tackle hard. And sometimes it's just going to be, you know, not the right decision in the situation like it was tonight. Hopefully he learns not to make a mid midfield sliding tackles with studs yeah. up I mean, you know, in the future. I, I appreciate the passion and the energy just directed in the wrong place in that moment. If he's making a challenge like that in the last minute, Quicks are defending a lead or, or they're behind or it's some really intense situation. I understand it more. I do not understand it in that situation. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm not particularly worried, though, uh, at this point. Yeah, why Alanis was benched, Freddie? I mean, that's what I was trying to get to. We don't actually know for sure the reason tonight. It could have been tactically driven, but he also has had a bit of a knee issue uh, where he sat out a little bit earlier in the season. That's where Beeson was getting a lot of his time earlier in the season, which I think was great for Beeson. Um, but, uh, you know, also, you know, Alanis has not looked quite as mobile this season, not quite as quick this season. That doesn't seem to be just an age factor. We do believe that he's still carrying a bit of a knee injury and he's attempting to play through it. That could have had a factor. It may not have had a factor. Right now, we don't have the answer to, to that particular question. I mean, but we can we can surmise that maybe it was a good chance time to give him a break and allow him to be ready for the galaxy. It also might be an age factor, though. Like I don't want to rule that out because he is 32 years old right now. So there is a chance that he is also hey, slowing. Age down. and injuries go together, Alex. Let me just tell you, as someone who's about double your number, uh, uh, more than double your number, uh, that is definitely true. So uh, yes, I got a, a knee that uh, constantly pops. I can I can talk to you about later. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's uh, uh, you know RK408 here says everyone will step up Friday. Probably better to miss Nathan. Uh, uh, you know, uh, for then, then, then another team for another team. Um, Freddie says that Nathan's been one of the most influential players in the last six games. Give me Nathan all day, every day. We did have people weigh in on the Cade Salinas question. I'm not going to go back and revisit it, but thank you to everyone jumping in and staying with us in the conversation tonight. Uh, it's been, uh, been great to have all of you here. Um, Alex, 
uh, Pride Night. I was working really hard. We were hoping to actually to have Charles uh, Wolling come on the show. Um, every, most everyone knows that uh, you and I were co-hosts with him, Black and Asul. He's a very, uh, very strong member in the, uh, the soccer LGBTQ community in the Bay Area. Um, and I really enjoyed getting to, to know him uh, and our producer, Jason Scholl, you know, over the past year. And it helped me, you know, learn a lot about how important, you know, Pride Night is in that particular community. Unfortunately, I'm not there, Mr. Bit of the Atmosphere. You know, what is it that, that you can share about, uh, about what you saw in the stadium tonight from Pride Night? I mean, Pride Night, I think, is always a fun way for, you know, the community um, to celebrate uh, and the inclusivity and sort of the atmosphere here at Avaya Stadium, because I, I do think that Avaya Stadium and uh, PayPal Park now uh, is sort of an inclusive uh, event for the Bay Area. And uh, I know that I, I appreciate that. And I mean, tonight was a Tuesday night, so I'm not going to say the atmosphere was the greatest atmosphere. Um, it was a pretty uh, sparse attendance. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, I, I think, a couple points of celebration, one being Pride Night for this community and also, you know, Wando coming on uh, and having that 400th appearance. I think uh, there were a couple uh, moments of celebration tonight for, for this community and this team. John Jay asked about Phil. So uh, Phil, for uh, many of you know this, Phil is actually a, uh, an actor in uh, in local theater productions uh, in the Bay Area as part of uh, the many things that that Phil does, including the Quakes After 90 podcast, uh, host of the Aftershock uh, when he's available, um, as well as other work that he does. And uh, so it just happens to be the busy schedule for him. But tonight he actually got to be in the crowd at the stadium and he was really looking forward to that. I think at the first time he'd actually gotten to be uh, you know, and enjoy like a game as a fan uh, this season. And so we were more than happy to uh, give Phil the night off to be able to, to catch a game because the busy part of his schedule uh, continues on here over the next couple of months. So you might see a little bit less of Phil, but we're doing our best to try to uh, have three people on the show, uh, as many shows as we can. When you get a 7.30 late, uh, late start uh, on, a, on a midweek game, a little bit hard to bring in the talent from the East Coast like we're typically able to do. But thanks for thinking of Phil and, and asking about it. And uh, certainly if we're not here, one of us isn't here, it's not that we don't want to be. It's it's just that uh, it, as we learned very much the hard way in our previous show, Black and Asul, it really does take a, a good staff in order to continuously do these shows every single game and to keep everybody fresh and able to do it. Uh, so, uh, it, it's been a, uh, it's been an interesting night, Alex soccer, more interesting, at least, um, even if, uh, you know, it didn't quite, uh, add up to a win for the quakes in these last two games, but five points out of these three games at home, if you had known going in, you get five points from three games, how would you have felt about it? Uh, I would have taken the, the five points, Jamin, uh, I think. Uh, just because, you know, of the winless streak that this team had, uh, you know, coming into the stretch, the fact that they had been uh, so down and out, it felt like they'd almost given up hope at one point. Uh, and, you know, now the fact that they've rebounded uh, and, you know, the defense is strong. I think there are a lot of positives heading into the fall in the, the latter half of the season. 
I take the three points and the five points. And almost, I, I think looking back on it in hindsight, you know, it, it does feel like they could have had more. I will say that. Um, it does feel like in the Vancouver game, you know, they could have gotten a goal there, should have, I, I think, had a had a better performance and, and uh, should have got the three points there. And tonight, maybe you have some regrets as well. Um, so in hindsight, I think uh, there there might be some regrets. But um, I think if I, I would have definitely taken the five points if I were Matias Almeida out of these games. And uh, look, they have another tough game against the Galaxy. Uh, on Friday night, I will be there in Los Angeles. Look forward to covering the game uh, at uh, the Galaxy Stadium down there, bringing that all for you guys. And uh, I think that's a huge game for the Quakes because I think oftentimes you see in terms of this team's mentality and their momentum that the Classicos and the rivalry games with the Galaxies are often sort of a crossroads where it sort of sets the tempo uh, for this team and where they're at and you know what their headspace is. Um, for for you know a, a long stretch and so if they can go go to la and get a convincing victory uh, i think that would be huge for this team on the other hand if they go there and they lose then you're like well they've drawn their last two games they only have two points out of their last three you start to doubt yourself i think so i i think that this game against la on friday is going to be a, a big one for this team and i i look forward to covering it and and freddie's right Trophies is back next game. He's been on a good run of form. Uh, I think Almeida will hope that he can he can nick a goal in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm excited. I think the Quakes have a good opportunity to to get a, a victory there. Yeah, I know he's uh, he can be a bit polarizing, but I'm right now still on you know Team Trophies. You know has you know overall it's been a positive for me. You, you got someone who's the goal scoring leader for this team. And, uh, and he gets into good spots and he's just got such a really good left foot that seems quite polished and practiced at being able to find the corners of the net. Sometimes, you know, he misses it just wide and, or I think he's hit the post once as well with those, but, uh, it's got a good chance of going in. And, uh, you know, I think Chofis on the field is definitely, the team is a bit uh, better uh, on the attacking side when that happens. So very quickly fans, before we sign off for tonight, uh, you're, you're probably aware of it. Most of you are patrons and we really, really appreciate your patronage for those who are not, or get to check out the, the show after the live show, uh, check out our Patreon quakesepicenter.com slash Patreon. Uh, this helps us cover the cost of our show and our website. There's many, many services on our website that the average person would never even know about. Um, we try to be share, uh, as much information, be transparent with the cost for anyone who has questions you know, that, uh, it, you know, we try to answer those questions for us. If you go to quakesepicenter.com slash Patreon, it probably will answer most of your questions about it. And as as well, um, right above Alex there, like, subscribe, and notify. We're now over 400 subscribers to this show. It's a really good number. Uh, we want to keep growing that. So please, if you're not a subscriber to the show, do us a favor and subscribe. If you ring the bell for a notify, then when the show starts, you'll get notified that it is starting. And also, if you like a show, you have comments about a show, like it, give us a comment, let us know what you think, um, and tell us how wrong we were. And if you have a different opinion, we we definitely would would love to hear that from you. And of course, if you uh, for the Patreon, uh, two dollars to get in for the for the basics, which includes early access to articles and other benefits, five. Uh, dollars gets you into the patron slack 
as always, the game chat tonight was absolutely hopping. Uh, you know, any any of those situations, the red card situation, the penalty shout, you know, the goals, anything that happens, it's it's reacting. There's a, there's a lot going on, and I always have a fun time uh, seeing everyone's comments. We don't always agree, but we have a good time. Uh, and if you'd like to have more of the banter that you see here in the chat, but even more of it, uh, join the Patreon, ask us for Slack access, and we'll be happy to provide it to you. As always, uh, you know, uh, Alex, good to do another show with you. And uh, we really appreciate everyone who is able to join us tonight. And uh, we will, you will be live from the stadium on Friday down in LA. That's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we'll, we should have a crew back to back to three for the weekend uh, to, uh, to join with you and uh, hopefully talking about a, a good performance after the game. So Alex, any final thoughts? Yep, I'm looking forward to it, Jamin. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight and thanks to our wonderful audience uh, for bearing with us through this one. Yep, we definitely need to get a, a host back, a, a Charles, a Phil, somebody who can guide us through so I don't have to. <laughs> thanks everyone for joining. We really appreciate it. Have a good rest of your evening and we will see you again, talk to you again on Friday.